Hello everybody and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast. My name's Joe, and this is episode zero, the pilot episode. The purpose of this episode is to see whether I'm any good at podcasting and whether I enjoy it and whether anyone actually wants to listen to me podcast. And as I've found out so far by the enormous amount of deleting and resetting that doing a podcast is actually quite a lot harder than maybe it sounds uh, when you sat there listening to it whilst you're doing your crafting. So to start off with, I thought I would introduce myself and my background, what kind of crafts I'm into, where I'm in, uh, where I am in the world, and then talk a little bit about what kind of things I'd like to do on the podcast, and what sections I would like to cover. So as I've already mentioned, um, my name is Jo. I am British, as you can hear, and originally I am from the northwest of England in a town called Wigan, which is in between Liverpool and Manchester. So I do still have a little bit of a northern accent and may occasionally use words that exist in the northwest, but not anywhere else. So if that is the case, then please do get on to me and I shall try and explain what the random words are that I've used. At the moment, though, I don't live in the UK. I actually live in a place in South Africa called Limpopo, which is the northernmost province in South Africa. It's quite rural, but a very beautiful uh, province to live in. I'm here at the moment because my husband is working over here and it's exposed me to a lot of uh, new yarns to try and a lot of new techniques and some new classes and lots of other interesting things that I thought would be quite nice for you to listen to whilst you're doing your crafting. So in terms of crafting, my main craft is knitting, which I've been doing for quite a long time as a very much an amateur whilst I was younger and like pretty much everyone else I was taught by my granny who was uh, who was rather Scottish and not at all unlike Supergran uh, and, and quite strict and really really nice lady unfortunately she died a few years ago but recently in the last sort of three or four years I've taken up knitting on a bit more of a kind of professional level since uh, being a grown-up and being able to kind of choose yarns properly and follow patterns properly and and choose what I would like to make and and then make it. I also sew. Uh, I do sewing classes at a place in town and I'm learning dressmaking at the moment, which is, is quite interesting, but also a little bit frustrating because I'm one of those people who likes to see results very quickly. And I get very frustrated by drawing the pattern, fitting the pattern, cutting the pattern. I just want to sew the pattern. I want it to be finished. (laughs) So, but it's very interesting there. I'm learning a lot of new techniques, which hopefully I'll be able to talk to you about during the course of the podcast. I'm also learning to crochet. It is a bit of a dark art to me at the moment because I can't quite get my head around the fact there's only one stitch on the needle, but I'm quite enjoying that. It's a different way of thinking about uh, yarn craft. Hopefully I will have something more to report on that in future episodes. And I'm also learning to spin. I do own a spinning wheel. It doesn't have a name. It's definitely a she. It's a Kromsky minstrel. And it's very beautiful. It's beautiful mahogany and very nice and red and lovely and looks very old fashioned and not at all unlike a Rumpelstiltskin spinning wheel. 
But I also have a 15 month old daughter and she has absolutely no fear. So spinning while she's around is quite dangerous because she, she does like to stick a hand in the wheel and everything like that. So it's at the moment it's kept on the spare bed in the spare bedroom where she can't quite reach it. And I must say, you know, I admire that she she would like to learn crafts at such a tender young age, but she just tends to kind of get in the way a little bit at the moment. And as I don't fancy a trip to A&E, because the nearest hospital is at least a 30-minute drive away, I think rather just keep it out of her way. It's, it's safest all round. In terms of podcasts, I've been listening to them for a couple of years. And I must say the the podcasts I listen to most at the moment are British podcasts and that's not because I'm anti-American or Australian or Canadian or anyone else it's just I quite like to keep things local and I find it much easier to understand English accents some of the American accents when you're trying to concentrate on a complicated knitting pattern and you're trying to listen to an American accent you have to really concentrate sometimes I just find it a little bit difficult so I decided, right, well, I'll start with the English ones, uh, the UK podcasters, not just English. And I will go through those first and I'll catch up with all of those. And then I'll start listening to different podcasts from around the world. So the first one I started listening to was I Make. Hello, Martine. It's all your fault. And shortly followed by Electric Sheep. I Like a Playful Day and Caithness Craft Collective. Uh, Tales from the Plain, there, there are a lot of great British podcasts, and Nipspin Cake, sorry, you have a lovely accent as well, and I've started recently to listen to a couple of others, um, but there's quite a big uh, problem with living in rural South Africa, and that is that the internet is extremely expensive and a little bit temperamental, so it means that I really have to like plan which podcasts I want to download and listen to and be quite strict with the rationing of podcasts because um, it's very, very expensive. It costs, I think, 250 rand, which is about 20 English pounds. Not sure what it is in, in dollars, I'm afraid. And um, probably about $30 for two gig. So that isn't a lot of podcasts. That is, won't even do your, in, your email for the whole month. So... Um, we end up spending quite a lot of money on the internet, which means my husband does not let me download a lot of podcasts like I would be able to do in the UK. So to combat this, when I go back to the UK, I just download everything onto the iPad and, and completely burn up my in-laws' uh, internet allowance. But, you know, they have unlimited internet and it's all fine. So I'm currently catching up with a lot of podcasts from the last sort of, since Christmas to, to now, that I downloaded when I was in the UK recently. Which is, is good, because it means I've got a lot of podcasts. But on the other hand, all the competitions and everything they're talking about happened months ago. So you think, didn't that happen quite a while ago? Oh yeah, this is from February. Brilliant. So it, that, that, it does have its downsides, but I suppose it's just like finding a new podcast and then catching up with all of that. In terms of the regular sections that I would like to do on the show, I'm definitely going to be doing an on and off the needles section. Uh, which I'll be calling Whipping Piccadilly, as per the Gomez song and the title of a blog post I wrote a couple of months ago about my works in progress. I also plan to talk a lot about South African yarns and yarnies and designers and the different producers that you come across in South Africa, because it's not something that I ever really was exposed to before I came here. And there are a lot of great um, independent dyers and 
I think it would be really interesting for people who haven't necessarily found them yet to, to find them. Also, I'll talk a little bit about the food and the language. I can't speak a lot of the languages in South Africa. There are 11 of which English is only one and I'm not here for an awful long time so I don't have time to learn all the languages. But I am learning Afrikaans at the moment and uh, that brings its own interesting stories to be honest with you. So I'll talk a lot about that and also the different foods that I'm coming across whilst I'm here and maybe some recipes. I did do a recipe for knitting and crochet blog week uh, for Afrikaans babuti, which is this really nice um, curried mince dish with funeral rice, I believe, which has was quite sweet. A lot of the vegetables um, Africa, in Afrikaans cooking tend to be or end up being quite sweet, which sounds a bit weird when you're, you're British and you're not really used to that, but it's it's really nice. Um, so I'll talk a lot about that and also the different places that I'm going to visit around South Africa. I'd quite like to do some reviews of yarns and books and patterns that I've been or will be knitting while I'm here or working on and talking also about the different animals that we get around here because I live in a very rural area we have a lot of interesting um, wildlife shall we say. For instance at the moment I've got a massive problem with warthogs and they're not cute like on the Lion King. It's not Timon and Pumbaa There's like whole families of them and they break onto your lawn and completely decimate the grass because it's been a very dry winter here. So they haven't had much rain, so the grass hasn't grown a lot. So they're they're all starving, basically, which which isn't very nice for them. But they can be very destructive and they dig a lot and just completely mess up your garden. And especially when they have the little ones, they can be a little bit sort of aggressive. So I would rather not have them uh, around, to be perfectly honest. But there's them, sorry, there are those. I also have a pet boomslang snake, which are sort of terribly deadly, but he's very friendly. He's called Billy, because if you give a snake like that a funny name, then clearly he's nowhere near as scary as he would have been if he was called Death or Fang or something like that. So Billy is a boomslang or boomslang, as you would say in Afrikaans. I do apologise if I'm butchering your language now. Um, my pronunciation isn't great yet. And Billy is is beautiful. He's a very bright green and he lives in my garage in the roof. And you would think, oh, why would you want a deadly snake living in the garage roof? Surely that's just a bit scary. But no, because he's, he's, he's not going to bite me. He's lived in there for about five or six years apparently. And in summer he goes off into the bush and probably finds a girlfriend and in winter he comes back to, to live in our garage. Uh, but they, they kill a lot of bats and rodents and things like that, so it means that I won't have those in my garage, I'll just have Billy the snake. And he likes to come out every now and again and sit in the palm tree that's next to my house. And sometimes, if you're lucky, you can catch him in there, because he's, he's very shy, so if he hears you coming, he tends to hide back in the roof of the garage and just stick his little head out. I have got some pictures of him, so I will put those... Um, up in the show notes and I also blogged about them last year when I first got here so there are some more pictures there and of the warthog so I will also link to that as well. Other than that the format will be fluid and sort of whatever I really feel like talking about at the time. I will warn you now I have an accent, I am northern, there's nothing I can do about it so if you don't understand anything please do just email me and I will uh, try and explain what it is exactly I'm talking about. 
And also I do have quite a lively sense of humour and I do tend to take the mick out of a lot of things because I just find that life is so much more fun when you're laughing rather than being serious about things. So if you don't understand my humour, then again, please do, do email or just resolve not to understand it really. It can be a little bit sort of uh, lateral at times. But hopefully you will enjoy it and I'll get on to the first section. to the works in progress section. I must admit I'm terrible with Ravelry. I just don't put things on there. I don't post what I'm working on. I quite often don't put the pictures on when I'm finished. So I'm resolving as a mid-year's resolution to uh, start updating that a bit more often. What I'm currently working on mostly is a shawl for a friend of mine who isn't very well. And it's the Far Away So Close shawl by Karina Spencer. I've got two rows left to knit on that and then I need to crochet off the top bind crochet edge along the Zagata stitch border along the top of the shawl and um, I've got to crochet that edge on as well. I'm working it in Sirdar soft spun which you would think maybe isn't necessarily the yarn you would use for such a big shawl but the story behind it is one of my friends made a shawl for my daughter's christening out of this yarn and it was very soft with a little bit of shininess to it and I quite like that so when I went to the shop to get some yarn my little magpie of a daughter decided that she actually quite liked that yarn and, and could we get some of that please mummy and seeing as the, the lady I'm making the shawl for is my daughter's one of her favourite tannies which I will explain tannies in the Afrikaans section um, I decided to let her pick which colour she wanted to make it in which she did, and she picked a very nice teal colour, and I picked the contrasting, a very light green, tinted, contrasting yarn for that. The pattern was a dream to work, actually, it was very nice, um, a very well written pattern, and I've quite enjoyed knitting it, even though I'm on like a 400 stitch row now, which is long. But luckily, I've been watching Ashes to Ashes whilst knitting that, which I only discovered recently in the last couple of weeks, and is really awesome. I've heard a lot of people have secret crushes on Gene Hunt. Me, not so much. Is a bit old for me. Um, but I do think he gets the best lines ever to say. So he must be gutted that he's not working that show anymore because you're never going to get a character where you get to <laughs> say those kinds of things anymore. Um, so hopefully that will be finished by the next... Well, it needs to be finished by this weekend because it's um, a present at my friend's Stork Tea, which is the Af... Afrikaans name for a baby shower and that's taking place this Saturday so it needs to be finished really tonight so I can block it all out and make it all pretty and nice for the weekend. I'm also still working on my Damask shawl by Kitman Figueroa which I think is how you pronounce it and I apologise profusely if it isn't. I cast this on months ago as part of the I Make Damask Knit Along and the pattern's awesome. You know, it's quite good fun to knit, uh, but it just, it doesn't want to be a shawl, this thing. I've had so many problems with it, just casting it on, I ran out of yarn in the long tail cast on, I ran out of yarn when I was knitting the whole thing and had to get it custom dyed, another ball to match it, and it's I'm just having a bit of a mare with it, it's just fighting me every step of the way. 
but like I say, it's a beautiful pattern. It's very well written and I am enjoying knitting it when I'm getting into it, but it is not the kind of project you can just sit and TV knit to. You know, you do need to concentrate on all the lacy repeats. So I'm hoping to make some progress on that once the Far Away So Close is finished. I'm also working on a pair of socks. No specific pattern. I'm just doing like a custom recipe from um, the Twisted Sisters sock book, which I will probably review in the next episode. And they're for my husband. They're very nice. They're in um, Nurturing Fibres Super Twist Sock, which is a South African producer, Carlay. And it's this season's uh, seasonal sock club. And it's a self-striping sock yarn. It's extremely lovely to knit with. There's lot, It's very kind of twisty. There's lots of spring in it. It's very easy to knit with. It doesn't split or anything like that. And there's really nice stitch definition on the work. So I really enjoy working with her yarns. And the colours are amazing. So I'm enjoying that. And I've just cast on an owl's jumper. I've never done an owl's jumper. I've had the pattern for ages. So I bought the yarn at Christmas. I got Rowan, which is what the pattern said I needed. And I thought, I'm going to get what it says. And I'm going to do it all properly. And I'm not going to try and change it. I'm just going to do as I'm told for a change. So in the midst of all this Debenhams Owl's Jumper thing going on on Twitter and, and on, on the blog, um, where Debenhams, a, a store in the UK, for those who aren't familiar, is is currently red herring that one of their brands is selling a, a blatant copy of the Owl's Jumper, but it's not even a nice copy. I mean, she's probably sat there, Kate Davis, thinking, well, I must have done something right because Debenhams has copied my awesome jumper. But I would be mortified at the the yarn they've picked to copy it in. It's just it's just not nice, and it doesn't do the original hand knit version anything like justice. But I think they're in the middle of sorting that out as I speak. I think uh, I saw that Debenhams want, wants to kind of speak to her about it because there's been a lot of angry sort of knitters going. I can't believe they've they've stolen your idea. Anyway, that pattern also looks very well written, but I've dropped a bit of a clanger. And I don't actually have the the tips I need for the interchangeables. Uh, so I've I've started casting it on, but I've had to email my usual supplier on eBay and uh, and ask them would they mind awfully sending me some some tips to South Africa so I can carry on with the project. But hopefully that will be here sort of they will be here at the end of next week and then I can carry on with that. In terms of sewing projects, I'm working on some bunting because all oh, British people love bunting. And that is for also for the stalk tea and not yeah the stalk tea. One of our friends made a beautiful quilt for for the new baby that's coming, and I decided to make some bunting that will match the quilt because I'm not quite up to quilting. I don't have the patience for all those beautiful little squares and getting them all together, and it would just really upset me if they weren't completely straight. So um, my bunting will match that, which is definitely a lot less air level than quilting. Um, it's coming out quite nicely and it's quite fast actually to knit up, uh, not knit up, sorry, to sew and cut out and everything compared to the stuff that I've been making recently with my sewing. So that is quite enjoyable. And I'm also sewing a pair of trousers. I'm in the middle of putting in the waistband and there will be elasticated uh, waistband trousers and I plan afterwards to put in a zip, but I've got to do it for, for my course. I have to do elasticated waist which isn't particularly trendy 
But um, my plan was always anyway to change it into a, a zip once we get on to doing zips. But I'm not the kind of person that will just do things because I think, right, I need to learn to do this. So I will just make a project for that. I just go through the book and go, oh, that looks nice. I'll make that. Oh, that'll be easy. I'll make that. So the point of the course is really not to do the things that I want to do. It's to do things that I should really learn and probably wouldn't ever bother doing. If um, if it was up to me, I'd just be like making bunting all the time or something like that. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. The trousers are going much, much quicker than the tops I did recently, um, which I'm quite enjoying. And the material is uh, kind of a wool blend grey with uh, kind of silvery grey stripes in it. So it will be nice once it's turned out. In terms of completed projects in the last couple of weeks, I have finished, finally, the ballerina wrap I was doing, which is a Serdar pattern. I will put the number in the show notes. I don't think it's on Ravelry when I tried to link to it. I still need to sew the little ribbon on. That was for my daughter. Cast it on in September. She's really big for her age, and even though it's an age one to two, it's it's probably not going to fit her for more than a week, but it's very pretty. I used the Serdar Smiley Stripes yarn that the pattern called for, again doing as I'm told for once, um, which is a bamboo wool blend and really like nice bright colours as opposed to the usual pastels. I'm a bit kind of, of a bright person rather than a pastel person. The yarn was a joy to knit with. It's really, really easy. It doesn't split. It's just, you don't even need to concentrate. It's it's really nice um, and would be great for a beginner's project, definitely. Uh, but it is reasonably pricey for baby wool. I think it was maybe £4.50 a ball or something like that. And I used three balls for that pattern. So it, quite expensive, really, when you compare it to some things that you could maybe use. That might not be so nice, but would be cheaper, given the amount of time that, that said child is probably going to spend wearing it before they grow out of it. I've also just finished uh, knitting some baby socks for again for my daughter her britannic majesty or hbm for short and they've been on the needles for an age as well and i have no idea why they're not that big they're not particularly complicated they've just been languishing in the little socks in progress bag that i got for christmas whilst i've been doing other things that are far more interesting of course because casting on's the exciting part finishing meh not so much not for me anyway so they're really cute. They're in Regia four ply sock yarn. I, I think it's like Das Flugen Monster or something like that. They're very bright. I have a matching pair. So we have little matching socks like you see on those um, old fashioned Aran knitting patterns where the whole family's wearing a matching jumper. Well, we have matching socks. It's very cute. And she seems to really like them. Like her other socks she pulls off. Uh, but these she seems to like wearing. Probably because mummy is also wearing the same socks. And... That was a really nice pattern. There are some, uh, what's the word, errata uh, that go with the pattern, which I've posted to the project page as well, and I will put those linked also in the show notes. So, on to the African section. This episode will not have a comedy South African accent in it. You'll just be stuck with me, as this is the pilot episode. But in future, I hope to have a proper South African with a proper Afrikaans accent. Uh, to come and help you learn a little bit of the language, just in case you find yourself lost in the bush and you need to speak to someone in Afrikaans, maybe, <laughs> then then you might have a bit of, of lingo that you can use. So the things that I would mention today, very basic, 
is I mentioned earlier on in the Whipping Piccadilly section the word tanny. Um, tanny means auntie, auntie in, in northern. And you also have um, which means uncle. And it's polite in Afrikaans culture. If you're speaking to someone older than you, uh, to use the, the word tanny for a lady and um for a gentleman. Um, which I thought was the case across the board. As in, if you're older than me, then you must be a tanny or an um. Not so. Apparently there's kind of an age, which isn't that far off where I am now. I'm, I'm only in my late 20s, but the, there is an age whereby you don't necessarily have to call people tanny anymore because you're like a proper grown-up. But I have been <laughs> the victim of, of trying too hard on one occasion where um, my husband's boss's boss his wife is must be about 50 which means she's clearly a clear 20 years older than me so i thought she's afrikaans i must call her tanny that's the respectful thing to do which it is but she doesn't want to be a tanny she's not a tanny don't call me tanny joe okay i won't call you tanny so (laughs) there are obviously some people who don't necessarily want to be called tanny because they think it, it, it makes them old um, I still do it because rather be too polite than to be impolite in, in my opinion and you know this isn't my culture and I will try if that's the polite thing to do to um, to stick to that. So obviously my daughter is learning to call her Afrikaans uncles and aunties um and tanny and the English one she calls uncle and auntie so then she still gets the idea because I would hate to have an impolite child that would be so bad so that's Oum and Tani. So if you meet any Afrikaans people who are older than you, then you must call them Tani or Oum, followed by their name. The other word I'm going to introduce you to to start with is, I don't know if it is Afrikaans or whether it's just a South Africanism, but everyone here says it. And that word is Laka. Again, I don't roll my R's anywhere near enough to be to sound properly Afrikaans or even that English really. <laughs> But lacquer is a funny word. It's It means, or seems to mean to me, a few different things. But generally embodies greatness, awesomeness, brilliance. So, for instance, um, if I get a skein of something swanky like Malabrigo, not that I've ever had one, but say someone sent me one for my birthday, for instance, you know, I would open it and be like, oh, this is a lacquer present. As in, you know, it's awesome yarn. It's really good yarn. It's lovely yarn, or any other word to that effect. Also, lacquer can, or seems to mean, very or a lot of. So, someone would say, oh, I'm I'm lacquer busy today, which means I'm very busy today. But not, I'm awesomely busy today, if that makes sense. And also, for instance, if you go for dinner at an Afrikaans household and you really enjoy your dinner because it was very nice, which all Afrikaans food I've tried so far has been really, really good, if possibly not, strictly speaking, healthy, but very, very nice, after the meal you would say, you know, buy a donkey, as in, thank you very much, that was buy a lacquer, that was very good. I don't know if it's that was or that was or my sentence construction is not great at the moment. But by lacquer would be a a compliment for someone's cooking or something else that they made. So if you made something really nice in knitting, that could be by lacquer as well. So the words for today are tanny, auntie, um, 
uncle. Buy a donkey, thank you very much. And buy a lacquer, which is nice. And lacquer in general, which is really awesome, really nice, a lot of, really great. So that brings us neatly on to the end of the pilot episode because uh, we're cracking on for half an hour already. I can't believe I've been talking for half an hour. I feel like I haven't even said anything, really. And there certainly weren't enough jokes in there. I'm still a bit sort of tense on the whole thing, you know, quite nervous uh, about what I'm talking about and whether anyone's going to find it interesting. But hopefully you will have enjoyed it and maybe learnt something new and you'll come back and listen to any future episodes that uh, may or may not come. Hopefully they will, because hopefully um, I'll get some feedback. You can contact me via email, which is shinybeesinfo at gmail.com. I'm shinybees on Ravelry, shinybees on Twitter, and I also have a blog, which is shinybees.wordpress.com. All that remains for me to say is, hope you have a great week, thank you very much for listening, and hopefully speak to you all again soon. Bye! Thank you.